Welcome to our worship from Seal Church, led by me, Canon Anne Labar. Our, th- our thanks today go to Paul and Sally Thompson for our readings and to the choristers of St Martin in the Fields for our hymns. Beloved, we are come together in the presence of Almighty God and of the whole company of heaven to offer unto him through our Lord Jesus Christ our worship and praise and thanksgiving. 
to make confession of our sins, to pray as well for others as for ourselves, that we may know more truly the greatness of God's love and show forth in our lives the fruits of his grace, and to ask on behalf of all men such things as their well-being doth require. Wherefore let us kneel in silence, and remember God's presence with us now. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us miserable offenders. Spare thou them, O God, which confess their faults. Restore thou them that are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind, in Christ Jesus you are Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. May the Almighty and merciful Lord grant unto you pardon and remission of all your sins, time for amendment of life, and the grace and comfort of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips, and our mouth shall show forth thy praise. O God, make speed to save us. O Lord, make haste to help us. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Our psalm today is Psalm 130. Out of the deep have I called unto thee, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. O let thine ears consider well the voice of my complaint. If thou, Lord, wilt be extreme to mark what is done amiss, O Lord, who may abide it? For there is mercy with thee, therefore shalt thou be feared. I look for the Lord, my soul doth wait for him. In his word is my trust. My soul fleeth unto the Lord. Before the morning watch, I say, before the morning watch. O Israel, trust in the Lord, for with the Lord there is mercy and with him is plenteous redemption, and he shall redeem Israel from all his sins. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. A reading from the book of Genesis. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden at the time of the evening breeze, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? He said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked and I hid myself. He said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me fruit from the tree, and I ate. 
Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you have done? The woman said, The serpent tricked me, and I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you among all animals and among all wild creatures. Upon your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers. He will strike your head, and you will strike his heel. This is the word of the Lord. We say the Magnificat together. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Saviour, for he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath magnified me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, hath holpen his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers Abraham and his seed for ever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. A reading from Mark chapter 3. Then he went home, and the crowd came together again, so that they could not even eat. When his family heard it, they went out to restrain him, for people were saying, He has gone out of his mind. And the scribes who came down from Jerusalem said, He has Beelzebub, and by the ruler of the demons he casts out demons. And he calls them to him and spoke to them in parables. How can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand, but his end has come. But no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his property without first tying up the strong man. Then, indeed, the house can be plundered. Truly, I tell you, people will be forgiven for their sins and whatever blasphemies they utter. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit can never have forgiveness, but is guilty of an eternal sin. For they had said, He has an unclean spirit. Then his mother and his brothers came, and standing outside, they sent to him and called him. A crowd was sitting around him. And they said to him, Your mother and your brothers and sisters are outside asking for you. And he replied, Who are my mother and my brothers? And looking at those who sat around him, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister and mother. This is the word of the Lord. 
we say the Nunc Dimittis together. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And we say the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Lord, have mercy upon us. Christ, have mercy upon us. Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us, and grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the Queen, and mercifully hear us when we call upon thee. Endue thy ministers with righteousness, and make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people, and bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord, because there is none other that fighteth for us, but only thou, O God. O God, make clean our hearts within us, and take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Let us pray. O God, the strength of all them that put their trust in thee, mercifully accept our prayers, and because through the weakness of our mortal nature we can do no good thing without thee, grant us the help of thy grace, that in keeping of thy commandments we may please thee both in will and deed, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that both our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee we, being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness, through the merits of Jesus Christ our Saviour. Amen. Lighten our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night, for the love of thy only Son, our Saviour Jesus Christ. Amen.
In the name of God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. You don't have to be mad to work here, but it helps. I expect we've all sometimes sympathised with that slogan. Most organisations, workplaces, families, communities have their own quirky cultures, their strange demands. And sometimes all we can do is go with the flow, even if that means squashing ourselves into an uncomfortable mould rather than trying to change the situation. But we've always done it that way, people tell you, even if no one can remember why. It's not a problem if it's only about small things, but sometimes fitting in can reinforce injustices, madnesses that need to be challenged. And that can be very tough because people can be very resistant to change. Malala Yousafzai, while still in her mid-teens, decided not to fit in with the prevailing opinion in her part of Pakistan that girls shouldn't go to school. The result was that she was shot in the head, permanently disabling her, and had to flee the country with her family. Those who shot her were completely convinced that it was wrong for girls and young women to learn and to express themselves, something we take for granted. But before we get too sniffy about it, we need to remember that it's barely a hundred years since women in the UK got the vote, and not every woman at that, and that women couldn't graduate from Cambridge until 1948. They'd been able to study there since the 1860s, but it seemed obvious to those who made the rules that it was quite wrong for them to be granted the degrees they'd studied for. Martin Luther King was imprisoned for having the effrontery to suggest that black people should be treated the same as white people. Gandhi's demands for India to be allowed to rule itself were regarded as incomprehensible by many of its English rulers. Looking back, we wonder how people could ever have thought it was OK to behave like that. But there was far too much at stake in economic and political terms to think of changing it. In our current age, Greta Thunberg is trolled on social media for pointing out the dangers of climate change. It seems easier to lay into this one teenage girl than it is to face up to the urgent ecological crisis threatening the future of the whole human race. Her critics, including the former President of the United States, often draw attention to the fact that she has Asperger's syndrome, as if that made her views any less valid. Human beings have a huge capacity for self-delusion, for closing our eyes to things we'd rather not see, and we'll find any way we can of discounting those who point them out. In today's Gospel story, a crowd has gathered around Jesus, drawn by the healing miracles he's been performing, often for those on the margins of society. But there were many who refused to see the good in this. Among them were his own family, who thought he'd gone out of his mind. The Greek text makes it clear that it's they who are saying this, not just the anonymous people of our trans translation. His duty as a son was to provide for his own household, not challenge the powers that be on behalf of others. And they are at least trying to be charitable. The religious authorities, represented here by scribes from Jerusalem, simply believe he's in league with Satan. How else could he exercise the powers he does? 
He can't have been sent by God. If God wanted someone to do his work, there were plenty of far more qualified candidates in the temple or the synagogues. Why would God sidestep the respectable establishment with all its experts and choose a carpenter from Nazareth? And why would his chosen one focus on all his attention on the riffraff, sinners and outsiders, rather than those who have kept the rules, or at least tried to, who are surely more deserving of God's blessing? Of course, just because you are swimming against the tide of public opinion doesn't necessarily mean you're going in the right direction. Just because people are opposed to you doesn't necessarily mean that you're right and they are wrong. But the litmus test in the Bible is that of love, and especially love for those at the bottom of the heap, the most vulnerable, the ones who've been excluded. If what we fight for resets the balance in their favour, there's a good chance that it's the right choice. And that's what Jesus was doing. Jesus' family think that he's out of his mind, but the truth is that he is perfectly, properly in it. The religious experts call the good that he's doing bad. But his reaction to injustice and suffering is entirely godly and in line with the scriptures they profess to uphold. It's not him who's gone awry, but the world which is out of kilter. Today's Old Testament reading, the story of Adam and Eve, expresses that out of kilterness. It was never intended as a historical account of creation, by the way, and our issues with that can entirely derail our appreciation of it. It was, instead, a story told to explore the fact, as obvious to us as it was to its original authors, that however wonderful and beautiful the world is, however wonderful and beautiful people are, sooner or later things go wrong. People go wrong, chaos creeps in to mess up our good intentions through negligence, weakness and our own deliberate fault, as one of our prayers of confession puts it. There is love, hope, joy and kindness in abundance in the world, but to be human means also to be fallible and flawed, warped by fear and greed. As we grow up, twisted out of shape by the world we're born into, we inevitably twist other people's lives out of shape too, passing on the damage to those around us and those who come after us. Our response to that has often been to try to tidy things up ourselves, set boundaries, create rules, divide people into good and bad, exert our own control. But that often just makes a bad situation worse, further oppressing those who are already struggling. And it doesn't work. It never has. One of the reasons we close our eyes to the injustices around us is that deep down we know we don't have the power to solve them. We're on the inside of the situation, part of the problem. That's why God sends his son, who has the power to bind the strong man, as this passage puts it, to cut through the intractable tangle of evil we're caught in, although it will cost him his life to do so. When Adam and Eve were cast out of Eden, God went with them into the wilderness. He knew they couldn't do this without him. His people heard his voice in burning bushes, angelic visitors, dreams and visions, as close to them as he'd ever been, 
if only their eyes and ears were open to him. His presence reassured them that they were indeed naked, as Adam and Eve had realised, vulnerable and helpless, but they were also still loved and cherished. Ultimately, he came to them, to us, in the person of Jesus, to show us that nothing could defeat his love. Learning to trust that may call us out of the mind of the world in which we live. We may find ourselves swimming against its tide. But God's promise is that it will call us into his mind, sharing his life, through which we can find our own true shape and nature, the peace he intended for us all along, which little by little sets the world to rights. Amen. Let us pray. Loving Lord, we give you thanks for the gift of your Son and for the path he invites us to walk with him. Give us courage to live with integrity and wisdom to discern your call. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Lord, we pray for our world, especially for those who are left behind, discounted or marginalised. We pray for refugees and for all who try to address their need for safety and support. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Lord, we pray for your church, giving thanks for the ministry of James, our bishop, and Julie, our archdeacon, both shortly to be moving on. Give wisdom to those with responsibility for making new appointments and sustain those who've taken on extra work in the interim. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Lord, we thank you for our community, for our schools going back after a week's break, for the residents and staff of Lavender Fields, for our local businesses and community organisations. We thank you for the chance to meet up once again and we pray for all who have to work out how to do so safely. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Lord, we pray for all who are in need, for those who are sick and those who care for them, and we hold before you those known to us and those whose suffering is known only to you in a moment of silence. Grant them the blessing of your peace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Lord, we thank you for all whose lives have lit up ours, and we entrust into your keeping all who have died and those who mourn their loss. Comfort those who grieve with your presence and the knowledge that in drawing close to you, they draw close to those they love. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. The peace of God that passeth all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen.